Welcome to Everyone's a Critic 1993 podcast. I am professional film critic Sean Patrick. With me is Amy. Hi. And MJ. Hello. You can find us on wherever you find uh, the Everyone's a Critic social media because Amy still hasn't done anything. I'm a loser. <laughs> I think we all can agree. I I think I think trying to start a, a social media you know accounts on a on a T-Mobile flip phone like you know <laughs> I don't think they have that. I don't think they have it on a flip phone. I think you're right. Uh, <laughs> no, they only have. It's it's better than when you were trying to set it up with the numbers on on the keypad. That was Ooh, like <laughs> that was a dark week. Oh, I thought we all forgot about that. Let's just keep dredging up tragedy for me. It's fun. Anyway, luckily, I mean, well, she was watching Ellen, and Ellen was teaching her how to use one of those <laughs> phones that are still plugged into the wall. Oh God, you know what? I, 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 I don't understand kids you days. <laughs> or kids these days. There you or go. just kids. <laughs> <laughs> what is kid? That's my question. Uh, Amy, the biggest fan of Ellen DeGeneres. Oh my god, oh. go fuck yourself. <laughs> Amy can fold a map. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more, boomer. <laughs> you dumb kind. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry, I, I woke up like this. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Calling Ellen DeGeneres a dumb cuz that's how your day started. Well, she always said be kind. <laughs> and I, I, I've never done that, so why start now? <laughs> why start now? Uh, we're talking, of course, about the movies of 1993, and uh, we've got two movies this week. Uh, yeah. And we're going to start with Last Action Hero, starring Sylvester Stallone. Is it Sylvester Stallone? <laughs> Yes, uh, Arnold in a, Schwarzenegger. In a way, Arnold is. Schwarzenegger is the star of this film, along Arnold. with uh, a little boy, <laughs> Austin O'Brien. Oh yeah, yeah. Was he? A, was he a? Te- I, was He's he a like eleven, I thought. I, I got to find yeah. that out. That's going to bother was, me. I think he was on the younger side. He was adorable, but he wor- but worldly. <laughs> a little too worldly for my liking. <laughs> Although, again, he reminded me of a young you. Just because he he loved movies so much, and he knew the tropes, and he knew the stories, and... Uh, No, that's fine. I I like Austin O'Brien. He's a good good dude, as far as I know. He could have been canceled in the last 30 years. I wouldn't have any idea. See, he's he's 42 now. (laughs) Yeah, isn't that crazy? So... So He's 12. Yeah. When this came out. Wow. That's crazy. This is kind of like the only thing he did, isn't it? Uh, I mean, I've not looked at the rest of his career, so I have no idea if he did anything other than this. Didn't we find out that now he's something else? Oh, yeah, he's like a car salesman, isn't he? Yes. Shut up. That is not true. Something like that. Yeah, he sells cars now. He was in My Girl 2. Yeah. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) If it doesn't have, if it doesn't have uh, Anna Klumski going, his glasses, he needs his glasses, then it's not My Girl. Fuck you this morning. (laughs) Why would you start any day off like that? Because I have to trigger every female Gen Xer that I talk to. Oh my god, that's the reason I'm getting violent in here today. I hate that movie so fucking much because of that. You know what? If anybody asks, it's like they ask me about my girl. Like, have you ever seen it? So you know, I'm gonna give you all the fucking spoilers. I'm gonna tell you, Macaulay Culkin dies from a fucking bee sting, and we all were traumatized for a good year after. He died because he went to get Vita's ring that she dropped. God, shut up! Stop it! Stop it! it. And and uh, the the bees came and he didn't have his with the, his you know mess medicine with him to save him so he died 
and Vita blamed herself. And then when she went to see him, because her dad runs the mortuary, so they had his oh. like his funeral there at her house. Oh. <laughs> she goes in to see him, and he's not wearing his glasses, and she's like, he needs his glasses. I've seen that And clip. she's like 12 years old. Next, let's do Doctor Who when he says, I don't want to go. <laughs> you know? Or let's do the end of Andre when the little porpoise or whatever he was just, just went away and she said, I'll never forget my friend Andre. I'm uh, not going to do this. I'm not doing this. I didn't even know about Andre. Oh, my God, Andre. That fucking movie. I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> so, last action hero. Never, last never action forget all, it, the equally emotional I Married Dora ending. <laughs> Uh, where they walk off the plane and wave to everybody because they've just been canceled. Okay, that's one I didn't cry over. <laughs> I think we all had a good good chuckle. I Rest married Dora. Is Hayden. about a man. I'm gonna. Do, I'm doing this all day today. It's about a man who married his uh, his uh, maid so she could stay in the country, uh, and that's the premise of their sitcom. You can imagine how racist this. And show. it lasted two episodes, and the last episode was like him getting her off the plane to keep her in America. And then they walk off the plane. And he's like, "Well, we've been canceled. Bye, everybody." That was it. <laughs> it unprecedented, you know. That, between Second that, episode. that, and then when Charles Rocket on SNL flipped off oh. the screen at the end—that's two of my favorite things. I married Dora <laughs> ending and Charles Rocket flipping off the, the camera. I thought he just said "fuck." He flipped it off. I, I like uh, he was doing. He was talking because I saw this in an Allison Prigler video. They showed the video of him talking about the end of Dallas and <laughs> it, but like, uh, yeah, yeah. I didn't know. I didn't expect to get fucking shot. <laughs> <laughs> and he, just he did Denny Dillon's there. shock face, like, oh is <laughs> bitch, you were on Dream On. Don't look like you're shocked at anything. <laughs> she wasn't on Dream On by that point yet, wasn't she? She was oh. still on SNL. No, that's true. Okay, can we? Can you just decide on a lap and let's just sit here? Okay. Don't talk to the dog during the show. I can't fucking help it. <laughs> he makes us talk to him. And MJ, stop sitting on her lap. Aww. This is weird. <laughs> I uh I do need to to share this with you. It's a it's a meme that says little y- little yappy dickhead suddenly doesn't like loud noises. <laughs> I'll get up a picture of my dog right there with some fireworks. So. Oh my god, love I'm, this time oh, of year. It's gonna be a miserable. <laughs> oh yeah, few days. Yep, few weeks. looking forward. This to dog it. vibrates like a fucking chair. He does. <laughs> like. Uh, 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 uh. And he, it breaks my heart because he, he really goes through it. But like, While you're not... laying on your stomach and he's on your back taking Aww, care of your back problems. <laughs> See, he serves a purpose. <laughs> I love him. I love him. <laughs> anyway, last action hero. Can we get back Last action it? hero. The premise of this movie is that a uh, little boy gets a, a special magical ticket from his good friend, some elderly <coughs> guy that his parents don't know that works in a movie theater in the middle of the night. Yeah. Uh, where where you want your kids going? Well, and again, we're, li- we're, we're in New York City, okay? In New York City. And this kid's just doing fuck all whatever. And his mom, what does she do? Yeah. She loves classical music like, and she works somewhere. What That's is the nature of this business? Yeah. That there are homeless people like sleeping in this movie yeah, theater? Yeah. And, and, and it, it looks like Lord of the Flies in there. Like there's spray paint <laughs> shit all over the, the Restrooms walls. this way. Right. Spray painted on the walls. <laughs> yeah. But he has the brand new Jack Slater movie somehow. Right. What, why are they testing the brand new Jack, Jack Slater movie in what is essentially a flop house? It is a flop house, but they're they're changing it to a new theater. Isn't yeah, that what I guess he said? So they're turning it into a regal. Is what yeah. he said. <laughs> of course they are. <laughs> How very nineties. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and, and it's again, 
completely have one of those weird relationships, young child, old man. Yeah. Not, I don't even want to know how that started. But anyway, <laughs> it's wholesome. It's wholesome. It is wholesome. It's, I, I, I'm, I'm it talking should... like I don't like this movie, but I really did. I really did actually enjoy it. I really did. Uh, there's just a lot of things that, that lead you to go, hmm. hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't seem right. <laughs> I'm not so sure about that one. Right. Yeah. So I do old Arsenio Hall best. Makes it make you go, hmm. Mm. Get out of here. <laughs> um, it is the 90s that we're in here. That's true. Um, so he gets a magical movie ticket. Uh, the, the ticket gets torn. The magic is loose. Harry Houdini created this ticket and gave it to the old man who now gives it to this kid. And uh, said, don't worry, this is magical. So you should be aware. And it's so magical that when the he watches Jack Slater 5, Jack Slater is his favorite action hero played by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger as himself yeah. in the movie, but also as Jack Slater. Yeah. Uh, he The kid gets transported into the movie. He yeah. is uh, brought inside of Jack Slater 5, drops right in the back of his car just as he's in the middle of a <laughs> car chase. He's shooting at bad guys. and can we, There's Danny Madigan in his back seat. Can we just give uh, an appreciation nod to... Arnold Schwarzenegger, well, Jack Slater's driving ability. <laughs> I, every time oh, he cut, yeah. he's cutting everybody off left and right. I mean, I thought I, cars I just exploding just yeah. because they're the, just because they're cars, I guess. And he's just having casual conversation <laughs> with this kid. I loved that. Yeah. I did love that bit. I guess it, well, it, this is so. This was intended when it was thought of to be a parody of Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. Right when they conceived this, right, they're going to make fun of the tropes of Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, and then they hired Arnold Schwarzenegger like. Okay, that's out now. Yeah, right. <laughs> we have to make this about Mel Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> so this is now a Lethal Weapon, Jean Claude Van Damme cop movie parody. Right. Stallone goes in. They go in for Stallone and Cobra. You know that kind of stuff. Yeah, but I mean, once it starts getting really meta, is when it really starts to fuck with your head too. <laughs> and this movie does. It's at there's certain points. And all the celebrity cameos, holy shit, we saw so many people in there. But Danny the, DeVito as a cat? As a cat. As a fucking cat. There's <laughs> a, a cartoon cat yeah. in this universe. He's brilliant, though. <laughs> and he only has, like, two scenes, and that's it. He's the best cop I've ever known. <laughs> I don't ever want you to do that again. <laughs> no, <laughs> just no. No. I'm going to do the other voice the entire time. Oh, God, Sean. You're or is that Kevin Nealon on SNL? That could sure. be, uh, yeah. I'm going to pump you up. <laughs> Love referring to things and just watching MJ's face going. What? I know. What? I love timely references. <laughs> <laughs> Who's our city hall? <laughs> Look, if you're not going to do your homework <laughs> on uh, how old we are <laughs> and pop culture references, get the fuck out of here. We don't want. To. <laughs> well, I don't have. I only have you guys to learn from. If I try to learn it from my dad, you guys probably wouldn't oh, like me very just, much. Nothing but Larry <laughs> the Cable Guy references. Just. Non-stop. We, we oh tried to steal you when you were a child. So <laughs> we tried. What? What? Oh my god! My mom bought my dad a Larry the Cable Guy bag of chips. That's a thing. Mm-hmm. At a certain point, doesn't the reference just have to die like a natural death? That's shut the lamp. I don't is think still it ever can. <laughs> It will never end. It will never end. Uh, my uh, my brother is a man who still says "get her done" to yep. this day. To <laughs> this day, he calls he calls MJ Little Larry. Yes, to this day. But to be fair, I did call myself that first. <laughs> I did not know that it was Larry. I did not know that he meant Larry the Cable Guy. Uh, 
Um, yes. But I said, Little Larry wants a fax machine. Oh, you did say that, which was adorable. Yeah. Uh, really not not realizing that you hadn't, <laughs> you hadn't learned about your own father at that point that he yeah. would take that and keep it for the next twenty years. Right? No. Yeah. He's kind of ruined our life. <laughs> think about it. He calls me Larry. He calls me Zazzles. Like you know the cat. One of the cats from Big Bang Theory. Oh, yeah, that's God. one of his favorite. Mm-hmm. That one I don't mind as much as some of the other ones. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> last action hero. Last action hero. Um, <laughs> wait, wait, pause. I did look this up. Okay. Larry the Cable Guy tater salad chips. <sighs> These ones were, I think, barbecue rib flavored. I'm cocking my gun. Because <laughs> well, I mean, that's no, what people no like No wonder he needs right? all that Prilosec. <laughs> <laughs> Last action hero. Yeah. Uh, we can't stay on task today. <laughs> no. no. Um, I, I, so the, the chase scene, there's like a bit there that it, like it's so meta at this point. Like he, they've killed his second cousin, uh, who's played by Art Carney. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, weird choices. Dressed as Ed Norton. They, they do the, yeah. they do the lethal weapon joke where they're like, these two, two cops are going into the second cousin's house and, like Schwarzenegger tells him to go away, and then they get blown up. Yeah, and like the the cop in the tree is a black guy who goes, "I'm too old for this shit," <laughs> which we love. <laughs> that's that's a Danny Glover classic. <laughs> but yeah, I get MJ just glassing over. It's all right. You take a nap, honey. We'll wake you up when we get to the next movie. Um, <laughs> MJ's like looking at looking at their phone. Uh, <laughs> just just finally looks up. And goes, I'm not you know old what? enough for this shit. <laughs> I'm gonna take a nap, you guys. <laughs> like, do you? Do you? We can pause it. No, you go ahead. I'll, I'll get back to it. No, we did. We did actually pause it, but yeah, poor thing. Oh yeah, yeah. it was like it. So, so can you <laughs> recall any of this movie at all? Maybe a, a scene that you thought was good. Um. Yeah. Well. So I do recall like the basic like storyline of mm-hmm. it. Like I don't remember like a lot, a lot of details, but. I liked, I really just liked the the whole premise of being able to step into a movie. Yes. Like that is my favorite thing about this movie is that you can step into another movie. Yeah, well, okay, here's a good question. What movie would you step into if you Umbrella could? Academy. Woo! <laughs> That's a TV show. It doesn't matter, we'd still step <laughs> into it. Yeah, we would be in it right uh, now I'm if just... we had that ticket. Gotta go hang out with Klaus and his cult. That's what I'm gonna do. I do the same thing. Yeah, so <laughs> hang out with a grumpy old man child. <laughs> Sounds weird, but it's appealing to I, me. You have to take me with you if you do that. <laughs> Please. Sean, what movie would you step into if you had the ticket? Um if you could. Any movie, any or TV show. Uh Taking Care of Business, because the Cubs win the World Series in that one. With uh, Jim Belushi. He breaks out of prison to go see the Cubs play the Angels in the World Series. Oh my god. Charles and annoys the shit out of Charles Grodin. Well, as he should. <laughs> Charles Grodin needs to punch him in the face. Wow. It's the only good James Belushi movie as far as I'm concerned. Well, is it, let's just not call it his movie. Let's call it Charles Grodin's movie. Because <laughs> I don't want to give him anything. You know what I mean? But, but Charlie Grodin, you can have all, you can have it all. So. He's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. So the Cubs win the World Series in that one, so that's that's where I'm going. Yeah. That, that, that makes sense. Yeah. I get it. 
I, I could say Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom because that is now my new Indiana Jones favorite now after watching that again this week. Your your microwave nostalgia movie? No, Temple of Doom. Oh, Temple of Doom. Not Dial of Destiny. I don't like Dial oh, of Destiny. Yeah. No, but Temple of Doom I just watched this week for the show, the other show. And I like Temple of Doom more than Raiders. I would probably say the same thing, actually. Really? I, oh, I love Temple of Doom. Yeah. That's got um, Small Fry in it. Yeah. Yeah, I love Kiwi that. Fun. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, short round. Short round. That's small fry. <laughs> I'm Small Fry. <laughs> Nothing small about me. So I'm Jay Harrison Ford. In <laughs> <laughs> so Last Action Hero. Um, yeah. Uh, last Action Hero said that, like, that the just like meta gags, like, there's, you know, the chase scene that Danny falls into. There's, like, this heavy metal soundtrack going on while he's shooting bad guys who are chasing him. And this is bizarre, like, over-the-top chase scene where everything is just exploding. Anytime something, like, a car touches another car, it explodes. It's like cool, though. He, he shoots, a, like, the guys shoot a car and it explodes. Like, a, a fucking ice cream truck explodes and, like, a guy's, like, an ice cream cone goes into the back of a guy's head, yeah. killing him. <laughs> <laughs> it's just completely over-the-top. But then... But the, the gag of the moment, though, is like when the music stops, Arnold reaches over and grabs a mini disc and puts in another <laughs> rock and roll song. Yeah, a mini disc. <laughs> a fucking mini disc. Do you know how rare those things were? <laughs> Holy this movie shit. They had a big budget, so they could, they could afford mini discs. Yeah, well. The soundtrack for this, by the way, incredibly uh, popular and well known, probably more popular than, than the actual movie. Agreed. Again, Def Leppard, two She's steps behind. behind. Like, not in the movie at all. Biggest hit from Megadeth in their entire career. Yep. ACDC. Cypress fucking hill, man. Yeah. Oh, I was, I was, I, I thought that was a badass inclusion. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So MJ, these are music artists from the 90s. <laughs> so what music is? Is it just a <laughs> <series of> notes? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It, it pretty cool. Pretty cool soundtrack. Um, yeah. I wish. I think that there's a few things in there, and now I'm trying to remember, and I was going to take notes. But now I <laughs> that forgot. worked out well. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I rarely do take notes. Not since uh, I'm not some whore from Cincinnati or something like that, whatever whatever movie that was from. <laughs> <laughs> you, you blocked this from your memory. <laughs> <laughs> was that one? I literally just found it on my phone. I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, was, was, that, was that body of evidence? I think it was. Might have been body of evidence. Some just some horror from yeah, whatever it yeah. was. Um, oh no, it was. Wasn't that from uh, Sliver? God, it was no, no. Sliver was uh, plastic yeast infection. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, I, that I was the T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm not just some bitch from Connecticut. That's there we that go. was my quote. Three of hearts. Three of hearts. Yeah. Three of hearts. Yeah. Three of hearts. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, William Baldwin movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was from that one? Could be. Well, I mean, yeah, the sister was talking to Sherilyn Fenn in the basement that's right. of her apartment. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Don't okay. forget, uh, from from the Marissa Tomei movie, you are like wet sand in my underwear. Yes. There were some good ones. <laughs> oh, on there. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which one? He looks like a tuna over there. <laughs> um, squirrels in my stomach. If it weren't for my sugar jars, I wouldn't know how much money I had. <laughs> your dog's name i don't know he never told me <laughs> <laughs> yes some classics there oh wow yeah magic records and a baboon heart all right there we go <laughs> check out the untamed heart episode it's online oh now absolutely uh, wherever it's podcasts good. are sold um, <laughs> 
It's a physical podcast. Yes. I, I don't love this movie as much as you do. I was surprised by how much you liked I, this movie. Just because I was really looking, I think, and I, because again, I don't like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right. And I didn't care about this movie back then, but I really found the the meta stuff really kind of cool and, and clever for that period of time to make fun of a genre that, let's face it, was saturated. You know, like, it's all we fucking saw. Yeah. And it was very tiresome. We didn't have cool Marvel movies back then. I guess. But at the same time, <clears throat> though, we we just watched Loaded Weapon. Yeah, you're right. Like, two months ago. And that movie is way better at this. <laughs> you're right. You are right. Oh, yeah. That movie is, nobody talks about Loaded Weapon ever, but that movie is so much funnier yeah. than, than oh, anything in this. Yeah. And all the meta humor. Because I, I don't think Arnold Schwarzenegger understands the jokes. I think he's delivering the jokes. It's like, I don't think he quite understands why they're funny. Because English is his second language. <laughs> he just he learned the script phonetically. So, I mean, He's yeah. good. Don't get me wrong. He's, he's a very yeah. naturally charismatic man. Right. There's right. no doubt about that. But I don't know if necessarily meta humor is his thing. Yeah. I still thought it like was Like, he can perform the joke. He just doesn't understand the joke fully. Like um, honestly, that kind of sounds like Joey from uh, from Friends, <laughs> where he's always just like uh, he, he and he 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 goes this whole monologue and and Joe and Ross is like, did you understand any of that? No, I was thinking about monster trucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's very true. Or I was gonna cite uh, Love on a Leash, where <laughs> this director. Um, I forget her name her now. Language is not her, English was not her first language. Right, so she had the script. <laughs> she had it, like, directly translated. But, like, when you translate to English, it sounds really, really choppy. Yeah. That's kind of Arnold's delivery in this. Kind of, bit. yeah. And no one ever references Love on a Leash, so <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> Shout out again to Allison Fregler. She oh, just did a video on it. Absolutely. And, da- and Danny did one, too. Yeah. yeah. Yep, yep. Danny Gonzalez, yeah. Good times. Oh, good stuff. Yeah. yeah. That's fun. Um, <laughs> check out Love on a Leash. Um, <laughs> before you check out the last action. No, yeah, you, well, like I mean, you, said, you like this I, movie. I thought it was John McTiernan directed. Uh, yes. the, there's like 17 screenwriters, which you could feel that throughout the entire film yeah, as well. Yeah, I suppose you could. Yeah, yeah. Like this started off as the idea, like I said, it began as a parody of Schwarzenegger movies with two writers. Then they brought in two more writers to change it once they hired Schwarzenegger, including mm-hmm. Shane Black. Shane Black's incredibly talented mm-hmm. uh, and and very funny guy who really made a better version of this movie with Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yes. <laughs> Which has a you similar... You need to see that. You'd not, love not that. Not the same, because like, it doesn't have the magic of this movie, but like it has like commentaries on the action Yes, genre right. in that way. Right. They're very much funnier than this. Yeah. Uh, but he got fired. They brought in, uh, I think it was Akiva Goldsmith they brought in, who's mm-hmm. like an Academy Award winner. Like a lot of really talented people. William Goldman, excuse me. Uh, they brought him yeah. in. And, and again, a lot of really talented people worked on this, but they all, but they everybody's ideas got in there, essentially. Yeah, so it, it just kind of became a, a mess. Of, yeah. Of, uh, but I mean, again, I think it was just a cute mess as well. You know what I mean? It was, I think, highly entertaining, and I, I think that there's a lot of kids that probably saw this movie if they were probably Austin's age, going, "That's pretty fucking rad." You know what I mean? Like that's 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 pretty fucking rad. So I don't know. I I think I was just in the mood. Plus, we were watching John Wick that night. Yeah. I knew, you know, I mean, like I I was just ready for some action. <laughs> that's what I that's what I wanted. So 
So I got to tell you guys the story behind this movie, the, the Ooh, multiple yes. different stories behind this movie that are fucking fantastic. Okay. So the, this, this conceived idea was just, just set apart by this one particular executive who decided we're opening this movie on July 17th of 1993. Right. No matter what. Of course, he did this aware that the week before, a movie called Jurassic Park was coming oh, out. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> so the week before this movie comes out, the biggest movie of all time at the time is going to drop. Right. And it is going to destroy everything that comes after. Yeah, that's you true. try and follow Jurassic Park. It's like trying to follow the Stones in 66. Like it just you do, don't get on that stage. Don't do it. I still don't get it though. <laughs> <laughs> like, do not do this. <laughs> but know. he did it. He said, This is the date. We're doing this. Here's $250 million. <laughs> so <laughs> they go ahead and they start making this movie about eight months before it's supposed to come out. Which, if you know anything about movies, eight months is not a long time no. to make a movie this complicated with no. that many screenwriters. <laughs> That's, are you serious? Yeah, at eight months. It took, okay, Umbrella eight Academy months. did, what, they had six episodes for the new season, six months. So yeah. an episode per month is what they did, an basically. episode per month. Per month, but well, yeah. eight months, like, that eight gives me stress. Try. Like, I'm, 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 I'm you anxious. You want stress? I, yeah. Try being John McTiernan. Okay. Because this guy's trying to make this movie that most of the people making it don't understand. That he kind of only vaguely understands in terms of the story because it's this deeply meta comedy that they're making. Uh, that again, their star was the subject of that comedy, and now he's delivering the comedy. Oh my god! Wow. <laughs> but so like, they're coming up on this, and they're like, "Please change the date. Move us back like two, three weeks. Give us more time." They are coming down to the wire on this thing so much so that the premiere of this movie that happened the same weekend that Jurassic Park opened. They finished the movie three days before that. Shut up! Locked picture three days before the premiere. <laughs> Whoa! Oh my god! <laughs> ah! Yeah. That sounds a mere terrifying. ten days before yeah. the movie was opening in theaters nationwide. They barely had enough time to finish prints to send to movie theaters. God damn. Why? Like, why Why would you want that kind of stress in your life? But my favorite part of the last Action Hero story comes in the marketing campaign. Okay. So, they wanted to be the first movie in space. Fuck you, are so you they, serious? So they partnered. They partnered with NASA. Oh. They paid NASA $25 million to put Jack Slater, Arnold Schwarzenegger, on the side of a NASA rocket that was going into space. Uh, $25 million. And a, yes. a week before the movie's supposed to open, this thing is supposed to go into space and put Last Action Hero on the map. The only thing was, weather in Florida is unpredictable. <laughs> so they had to Everything scrap. Everything in Florida is. They had to scrap this $25 million NASA launch. Oh. It's okay, though. It's going gonna, it's gonna to two weeks. It'll be the second week. They'll promote the movie in the second week. Nope, because the Gemini rocket doesn't work. Oh my god! <laughs> at all. So it's not going up in any way. Wow. Also, NASA's not giving you your money back. Yeah, fuck you. 
Holy shit. Ah. Yeah. Wow. Ah. <laughs> but there could there not be a better metaphor for this movie than a rocket that fails to take off? Yeah. <laughs> a super expensive rocket that fails to take off is like the ultimate metaphor for this movie. So ultimately, okay, I guess that's the question because I didn't realize right. it. Uh, right. Was this ultimately a, a, a flop then? Yes. Yes, it was. Wow, I yeah, didn't it's, remember it's, that. It did break even in the end once the home video ancillaries were done. Yeah. Like, they broke even on it, but yeah, they expected to make three times that $250 million well, yeah. Budget. Yeah. Good yeah. God. And Jurassic Park made over a billion dollars uh, adjusted annu- adjusted grosses, you know, and this movie like... barely topped 100 I I feel like I am just such a, a dumbass because I don't care about Jurassic Park yeah. at all. And and like I thought that there was there was some sweetness to this movie, Last Action Hero. That um, well, now that it's even more of an underdog, I imagine you love it even more. Well, that I do. <laughs> I, I'm I'm so counterculture. It's like you know, for me, it's like if you like it, I hate it. If I like it, I want you to not oh, know about it. Oh, you're a fan of Slippery When Wet. Well, what about New Jersey? Okay, <laughs> right, exactly. The unsung <laughs> hero of albums, New Jersey by Bon Jovi. Nobody talks about that, but you know who does? Me. Yeah. I, I don't have a really cool deep cut reference, so I just went with the one I knew. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was trying say. to think, like, what was the album R.E.M. did right after? <laughs> right after? <laughs> right after they got big in, like, eight, 90. Oh. Yeah. No, like, because, I mean. It was, like, automatic or something? No, <laughs> out, of, out of time was Losing My Religion. Yeah. Before that was Green. After that was automatic. Yeah. But for me, it's like, if you're going to say, oh, I like R.E.M. too. And they did this when I was in high school. Because, I mean, especially at the period of time. They're like, I love their album, Losing My Religion. I'm like, that's off the album, Out of Time. <laughs> and if you've never heard of any albums before that, then don't have a conversation with me. Like, don't I was, talk to me if you haven't listened to documents. If you've never heard times. Life's Rich Pageant, then you don't fucking deserve to talk to me about music. <laughs> like, I, that was me. That was me all through high school. <laughs> you you go listen to your your mariah carries i'm over here with my headphones listening to robin hitchcock you go eat a bag of dicks (laughs) i suck like you know anyway yeah any those are better records it's true they really are (laughs) yeah (laughs) just saying and new jersey is better than slippery and wet well that's an opinion all your own (laughs) Because uh, I would, uh, if you don't like keep the faith, then I, I don't want to talk to you about Bon Jovi. Bad medicine. Bad medicine. Your love is like bad medicine. <laughs> bad medicine is what I need. Those Actu- are the lyrics. Actual lyrics. Those are the lyrics. I've, I've Fucking poetry. <laughs> of, of course you have. I bet Kevin's played it before. You. <laughs> Maybe. Your dad played it? Yeah. Yeah. He, he probably played just some, some really shitty. He plays all kinds of weird crap. He played a song called Fucking Geckos. Oh, he yeah. Literally just, yep. literally just screamed, Fucking Geckos. <laughs> now, that I actually kind of like. <laughs> That's actually kind of funny. <laughs> the entire time. And it was like three minutes of that. Wow. Just over and over and over again. I don't even know where the hell he got that music from, but it was it was there. Yeah. He has, <laughs> you know, again, when I worked for him at the bar and he would sneak in Baby Shark on the jukebox oh, while he was gosh. driving by. Shut up. Shut up. Oh, my God. People hated him. He would go into <laughs> other people's bars, change yeah. their jukeboxes on. He's such a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Anyway, but last you can do here. that if you have. Oh yeah, you, well because like he, he's got the app on his yeah. phone, so he can just he can just throw throw a wow. song on if he's if he's within range. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea. That's, yeah. that's cruel. It is, especially when you work for him. <laughs> and I back then I didn't know how to veto it. Yeah. Like luckily I, I caught on eventually, <laughs> but. Wow, that's yeah. a thing I didn't know about. Well, he's a horrible. MJ, movie. tell us about uh, your feelings for Last <laughs> Action Hero. Well, I I liked it. It was cute. Um, I mean, I really I'm not a big fan of action movies. Mm-hmm. I if it's gonna be if it's gonna be action like, I want it to be superhero. Um, exactly. exactly. <laughs> but um, it it was cute. Like I mean, it was and it was a nice little. It, I love the premise. Walking into a movie but yeah that was about that was about my <laughs> your interest in it I, yeah see the thing that bothers me about this movie is just some of the excessive stuff some of the unnecessary stuff i feel like there's a whole like 20 minute segment about this guy this character this dead character called leo the fart and it's the dumbest joke in the history of I jokes not about that oh it really was it was just so the whole uh... premise is that this guy leo the fart is going to be laid to rest by some mob family. Mm-hmm. And this other mob family led by uh, Anthony Quinn uh, is going to <laughs> going to kill them all using some sort of gas. Anthony Quinn chewing scenery in this movie. <laughs> Good Christ. On it. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> That's funny. They've, they've put a bomb inside the body of Leo the fart. And they've done this only so that we can get to two jokes. Yeah, Leo the fart is going to pass gas one last time, <laughs> and the joke of Charles Dance arming the bomb by pulling his finger. <laughs> These are the dumbest uh-huh. fucking jokes I've ever seen in my life. I know, but look was at my it. dad making this movie? <laughs> yeah, was he actually like your dad one of the, the writers? You're a consultant. You could just hear a bunch of dads just ha- high fiving oh, over, over these literally. jokes, like just how clever we are. The character is called Leo the Fart. He's going to pass gas. Do you really think that they that they thought they were clever? Oh, they did. I feel you like you could they... sense the self congratulatory bullshit going on. <laughs> I just feel like if you were a twelve year old boy, that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> you know, and I was just going to say, like, you know, if I put myself into a twelve year old boy and then I realized I shouldn't have said that out loud. Uh, See what I'm saying? Miranda <laughs> sings. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, sorry. Toxic gossip trend. <laughs> That'll stay in my head forever now. <laughs> Fucking cunt. Anyway, sorry. I I I, I don't. The cunt board next to Ellen. <laughs> Make a note. I, I don't like to see anybody be canceled or anything like that. But I mean that that kind of shit. Just, just stop. <laughs> just stop. Anyway, last action hero overall. I, you know, I I think I think the general consensus is it's it's not great. Mm-hmm. But for what it was, and again, if you're a 12 year old boy in 1993, you probably thought it was fucking amazing. And I, I was like, that was I was seventeen, so it didn't yeah. it didn't quite hit with me. But I was also like a Jurassic Park guy too. Yeah, well, I I was sixteen. Yeah, and I didn't give a shit about Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I I do want to reserve. Yeah, you know, Terminator Two was awesome. <laughs> so, so I mean, awesome. <laughs> that movie is awesome. That's and that's I'll give him yeah. that movie, but that's it. That's yeah. it. But no. I mean, yeah, I think that if you have if you have a family, this is kind of a fun family film. Yeah. You know, and Arnold know. had two of them, so yeah, I mean, exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Buzzing. He had a full audience to satisfy. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> womp, womp. Sorry, Maria. 
<laughs> who's in this movie? Who's in this movie as well? Who, who just seems like she's so annoyed with him throughout the whole yeah. thing, which I thought was kind of interesting as well. Uh, another, but, yeah. another meta joke nobody intended. <laughs> it, it was uh, portentous, I would say. Stop talking about Planet Hollywood. Oh, my God. Oh my God I forgot about Planet Hollywood. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Uh, but this, are, are we ready to move into the second film? I guess. Because <laughs> it's one of my fucking favorites. <laughs> Sleepless in Seattle was released uh, yeah. 30 years ago, uh, the previous weekend from when we're talking, mm-hmm. uh, starring Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan in the story of a man whose wife has passed away, the wife played by Carrie Lowell in a couple mm-hmm. of flashbacks yeah. from uh, Law & Order. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was taking her hand to help her out of a oh, car. Oh, don't do it! <laughs> It was like magic. magic. Oh, God! <laughs> I love it so much. I love it so much. Well, see, and, and the other thing is, there's a tie to this movie for me that is it's very poignant in the fact that um, my mom and I saw this in the theater. You know? That that was, it's such a memory. And then when it came out on VHS, she was the first one to buy it. And we'd watch it all the fucking time. And then it came out on DVD, so she had to go get that. And um, it, it, that and You've Got Mail were just two of her favorite all-time movies. So every time I watch it, I enjoy it through that lens. But I also honestly, earnestly love this film. I think it's beautifully done. And I, well, I, I, I'm a Nora Ephron apologist. So, I mean, <laughs> I just enjoyed it. Anyway. MJ, what's your take on romantic comedy? Um, I, I like it when it's done well. And it was done well this time. I really, really liked it. Fun fact about this movie is that there was only one scene that Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks were in together, and that was the end of the film. So even when there's a, there's a scene where she's being kind of stalkerish, which really didn't age well, I will say that in this movie, <laughs> um, where she's like standing in the middle of the road and Tom Hanks sees her. Well, yeah. that they were they, that was filmed two separate places, two separate days without both actors there. So I just thought that was so fast fascinating, and yeah, here again. It's, and this is, this is, there's a Troika. There's a Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan Troika. Joe versus the Volcano. The best movie they've done. The best movie they've ever done. Sleep is in Seattle and You've Got Mail. So, and You've Got Mail, I think, again, was another one where they only had, was it only a couple of scenes totally together? Because a lot of it was, like, reacting. Yeah, the, like, they're watching, like, emails come to each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because, of course, it's called You've Got Mail. Because that's what, you you know, back in the day, we were using a (laughs) thing called AOL. And whenever you log into AOL, you'd go, you've got mail. I fucking know. (laughs) (laughs) But just doom your movie. Just go ahead and doom your movie with that title. (laughs) Just make sure that this movie will will never leave the time frame in which it exists. Right. Yeah. They, they really thought that we were in the future with that one. <laughs> so I, they, I don't want to turn this into a You've Got Mail Bash because I do love that movie, so I don't care. But yeah, so overall, fuck off! <laughs> um, sorry. God, this is why you shouldn't listen to this on a Sunday. Um, it's like going to church. So yeah, so his his wife dies. He's got a son named Jonah who calls in to this radio show, This this doctor... Yeah, I, I can't remember. remember her name. Oh my god, anyway, she's a Doctor Laura Clone. No, not Doctor Laura. Who was that lady on Mix ninety six back D- in the day? Delilah. Delilah. Yeah, that's yeah. what we really what. Who's on your heart tonight? Yeah, shut up, Delilah. Like Delilah crossed with Doctor Laura. Yeah, 
Fieldstone. Dr. Marsha Fieldstone. <laughs> I knew it was Marsha. Yes. Was Marcia. Yes. I remembered. Um, so Jonah calls in. Jonah's eight years old, by the way. Calls yeah. in and says, I want to find a wife for my dad. And um, Tom Hanks is still mourning the loss of his wife. Some really kind of sweet moments of him, you know. I can't even talk about this. I'm going to start crying again. Um, sweet moments of him, like, thinking back about his wife. But ultimately, that, that so that just stays throughout the film. Meg Ryan and her mayonnaise man. <laughs> oh, Bill my Pullman. God. Bill he Pullman. Is... He's the whitest. <laughs> so mayonnaise. Oh, so, so. <laughs> and and so incredibly beige. Boring. Yeah. Like, Human if being. beige were, it's sentient beige. <laughs> yes. You know he loves Matchbox 20. You know he loves Matchbox. Yeah, well, I mean, and, 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 and it, poor guy, you know, and he's got all these yeah. fucking allergies. And again, you, I, he, I swear to God, he had celiac disease because the way he was talking about he can't have wheat and all that stuff. And I'm like, that's back before you could even diagnose it. That's cool. <laughs> just because I have that. So, um, but yeah, and you just you, you feel bad for him eventually. But he's kind of a sad sack and he's going to find somebody who's probably exactly like him. Yeah. But I mean, ultimately, and, and he needs that. He needs somebody. He, that's he like deserves him. more mayo. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to end up with a B.B. Newworth character. Oh, God, he is. Lilith. <laughs> um, see, Lilith was played by B.B. Newworth on a show called Cheers. MJ, just to clear that up. And she was evil. Um, so Meg Ryan, she's, there, she's driving to this dinner with her family, and she hears this radio show, and is it just enthralled. And you get, like, you know, even when she stops into that diner, and they're also listening, everybody's listening to this. Which I just seem, it seems kind of weird because I don't know about you, but like when I go into like a, a restaurant or something like that and they're listening to like talk radio. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to leave. Like give yeah, me like, a Waffle House and play some old oh, Michael fine. Jackson. That's that's fine. It's weird. I understand. Fuck your show, dude. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I don't want to go into like, you know, McDonald's and listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think Doctor Marsha Fieldstone, being a co- combination of Delilah and Doctor Laura, probably plays music eventually. Yeah, well, yeah, but and you know the kind of music that they play. Too. <laughs> Celine Dion constantly on a loop. Yeah, on a loop. Um, who's on your heart tonight? God, I hate uh. that line. Oh, just shut up, Delilah. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. So, so yeah, so yeah, so Doctor Mar- Marsha Fieldstone, and she's she's very prying. This yeah. this doctor again doesn't play pushy. like a major role. Pushy. But I do like how she, again, that, that scene where, you know, he gets, Jonah gets, his, you know, his dad on the phone. Tom Hanks plays Sam. And then they're both on the phone. <laughs> then they both come and sit on the bench yeah. together. And they both have, like, <laughs> it's like, remember phones like that? Where you, I mean, but their cords were so long. <laughs> we, we never had long cords just, like that. Just get him a cordless phone. Ex- yeah, wrong? it's 1993. You should have had a cordless phone. <laughs> we had one in the 80s. We did. Huge. Oh, I miss our Cobra. You could barely push the buttons down on that thing. <laughs> it was the size of your head, too, and you had to pull the antenna up. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was so cool when you went, went outside to talk on the phone. It's like, yeah, I'm outside Kids right today could never figure out how that works. Oh. <laughs> is that like Phoebe's old phone that yes. she brought out? Yes. <laughs> like, this is my phone. This is your current cell phone. Yes. 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 Simpler time. Oh. Was a simpler time. You <laughs> kids will just never understand. Well, like, yeah. So Meg Ryan, <laughs> like, uh, thanks to the intervention of her friend uh, Rosie O'Donnell, gets the idea that she's going to write a story about this. But really, this is just her excuse to stop. Yeah, basically. 
again, I love this movie. Because they're destined to be together. But to the, to the point that you made earlier, and I, and, it, and again, the shout out to Allison Pregler. She brought this up on Twitter the, the today, actually, I think it was. Somebody was asking her about, uh, uh, kind of annoyingly about, uh, she said she was watching MASH, and she said this hasn't aged well. Yeah. Like she was watching the movie MASH. Not oh, sure, the TV sure. Show. But uh, she said this hasn't aged well, and somebody asked her, "What does this go? What does this go too far? Like, what's the point of this doesn't age well?" And she pointed out very simply, it's like it didn't age well. Like, watch it yourself, assess it, think about why it doesn't age well, and decide how you feel about that. Why it's new. So it's, af- it's called nuance. Yeah, but people are so <laughs> afraid of critical thinking these days. Like, why are we afraid of that? Yeah, I, I yeah, don't all, get all that. that. This this whole this whole discourse about whether or not something is ageful or not, mm-hmm. it, it's it's very funny, first of all, to watch something that is just like, you can't believe this exists, like text or some shit like that. Yeah. Like, oh, or like it that shouldn't exist. Anything shit Ari like Gross from 1993. Anything like that. It, it's funny to watch just like, how does this exist? But also like, just sometimes the things, it, it's very insightful. It's why we do this show. It's very insightful to look back 30 years and see things that people thought were acceptable, but truly, even weren't they weren't acceptable then. But it was a mindset that people hadn't confronted yet. Yeah, because we were just like, well, that's okay, you know. I mean, <laughs> we're a little, a little light racism here and there, and that I mean, kind of thing. MJ's generation is like, no, you need to take a minute and think about what you did here. It's called accountability. It's and called. It's just our called, parents like, didn't know about that. Well, no, it's just called critical thinking. Like yeah. you said, it's just it's just taking a look at something. It's not saying. This can never be a thing again. We're not saying, no one's saying Sleepless in Seattle is done because it features stalking. Right. <laughs> yeah. But you have to understand that there are people who are going to see this and be icked by it yeah. because, of, because of the stalker nature, because they've probably been through that. Yeah. And that's not to say that we have to make everything that is, we have to be sensitive to every potential trigger. That's not the point. Yeah. It's But understanding that those could be a trigger for somebody and thinking about a way to present that in a way that, that doesn't do harm or is just thoughtful right just think about thinking about forcing you to think about something before you say it right yeah yeah that's why this film didn't age well because of that you know <laughs> that's exactly it didn't it. age well but that that doesn't mean the sleepless in seattle is done exactly it just means that we're taking a look at that and going you know this behavior that's is a little creepy. weird yeah. and creepy yeah. and understandably somebody could be bothered by that yeah Okay, we said it. We've confronted it. Yeah, we're still okay with the movie. Right, exactly. Because <laughs> I, you I, have to decide for yourself now how you feel about it. Right. Well, and the whole thing, I mean, this movie, you know, and I, I mentioned the the word signs. This whole movie is about seeing the signs. Like, oh, see, meant to be. You guys meant to be. And I back then, as I still do now, I love signs that that kind of point you in a direction. And I think that's why, you know, we get that kind of stalkery thing. But really, ultimately, it's it's her just following her her bliss, following her gut. You know, just, just says, go try it. What's the worst that he can do? You know, I'm not not going to murder him. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I but again, I'm, I'm, I'm a lot more. Um, look, I, I, I went to Athens, Georgia mm-hmm. in search of finding Peter Buck's house. OK, so I've done that. I've done that. I, yeah. I was in my 20s. Mm-hmm. Because of movies like this, that's just like follow your gut. I didn't know he was married at the time. Yeah, yeah. I never found his house. That's good. Yeah, I, I think so. I think, <laughs> I think so. Again, I was twenty, and my, my friend Britt enabled me, and we both just drove down there, and that's what happened. But it was yeah. a great trip. Oh, yeah. I love that. But yeah, it, again, 
we did things in our past that we're not proud of. Okay. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and now you're married to Peter Buck. And now so I'm married sense. to Peter Buck. So it's, yeah. Who knew? <laughs> yeah, oh, don't no, tell little Robbie know. that. He'll get so upset. <laughs> oh, no. oh, little little Robbie's in my room. Go get him. <laughs> Fetch him. Fetch him. Oh, little Robbie. We can't do a podcast without little Robbie Sheehan here. Yeah. That would be. Chris, that, you only know that if you're buying the VHS of the podcast. That's true. You're never going to see him until, well, until I start recording it. <gasps> it wasn't the normal day. He didn't know that we were. Oh, sorry, Robbie. <laughs> Here we go. There you are. He's ready. I like Sleepless in Seattle. I don't know if it's necessarily my favorite romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not even sure I have a favorite romantic comedy off the top of my head that I can like just go like that one. Um, like I don't know. I, I don't think Legally Blonde is necessarily a romantic comedy. I think it's just a comedy, so I wouldn't necessarily because I don't think there's really many romantic elements of that. Yeah. Um, trying to think of like a romantic comedy that I absolutely love. Like I hate Pretty Woman. I fucking hate I, it. I, you want to talk about a movie that does not age that. well? It's fucking Pretty Woman. Right I really there. I, did those those. I actually like Eat, Pray, Love. I think that's a good movie. So I do like things that Julia Roberts does, but like the, the, the romantic comedies that she made, like Runaway Bride. Oh, oh God. For fuck's sake. It's fuck Gary Marshall. Movie. Fuck yeah. you, Gary oh, Marshall. Gary Marshall. Fucking. Hi, hack. Gary. Because I look down right. at hell. Because <laughs> Gary Marshall is in fucking hell right now. Penny Marshall is in heaven, though. I, I to swear to God, that. That, that I believe in the balance of the universe. Like, I do believe there's a balance to the universe. Yep. And that she was so incredibly talented yes. that they had to give her a brother who was Satan himself. <laughs> <laughs> you are so angry, Gary Marshall. <laughs> well, you didn't see Valentine's Day, did you? You didn't see Mother's Day, did you? You didn't see New Year's Day, did you? I did. Oh, my God. No, fucking I, trash. I tried to Every avoid drama, so, I mean fucking garbage movies on top of the fact that he once put Rosie O'Donnell and Dan Aykroyd in fetish gear in a sex movie. East yeah, of Eden? That happened. Was that East of Eden? That happened. That was an Anne Rice book. Yeah. Yeah, that's gross. They tried to make that book into a comedy. Ooh. And that book was not a comedy. Trust me, it was not a comedy. Yeah. Let's Ooh. let's get the guy who made Happy Days to do our fetish movie. That's only a great plan. And then he's going to put Rosie O'Donnell and fucking Dan Aykroyd in fucking leather. Oh, I think you might have talked about this before. I feel like I've heard about the leather when, disaster. When did this come out? Oh, God, I have no idea. I thought it was around this period uh, of time. Oh, yeah. I want to watch it. Can we watch it? <laughs> I never want to see that fucking movie again in my life. Yeah. Do you want to tell us where it touched you? <laughs> Show us on the doll. So Show us a little Robin where like, it touched yeah. you. I hate Gary Marshall. I hate like that type of movie. Yeah. So agreed. I'm trying to think like the best romantic comedy I've ever seen. And Maybe you've like seen a uh, lot though. So you. Yeah, I, it's hard for me to like. To, <laughs> like, like I'll go back to like the Cary Grant stuff of like the 30s. Like oh, you know, yeah. My Girl Friday, his, his Girl Friday. Yeah. That's a that's a great one. Uh, but that's more of a screwball than it is a romance. It is. That's like for me, uh, Philadelphia uh, story, like kind of, yeah. yeah. I would say that's in the rom com adjacent. Yeah, uh, they didn't really call it that back in the day, and so they didn't really have the tropes that we have today. That's true. Hello, um, talk with Doris Day and Rock Hudson. I fucking love that movie. I, I will say this: I think "Marry Me," Jennifer Lopez, and Owen Wilson was actually a really great movie. Yeah, that was a really for the, for for such a shitty premise. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> 
and, and, and really, the minute you see the ad for it, you're like, oh, fuck, this is going to yeah, suck. I totally thought that. I totally thought, yeah. like, there's no way J-Lo and, and, and uh, Owen Wilson are going to work together and have that kind of chemistry. They fucking nailed that I shit. Love, is, you, I, I loved your review for that movie because then it's like, it gives you hope that you can be surprised sometimes. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I mean, they did all the tropes, but if you do the tropes well, it can still work. Right. Like, I, people often get on me about uh, talking about, you know, marketing campaigns and, and, and movies that just are you know, very the same. But you can do a movie, like, you can still do romantic comedy today and do it just a little bit different and make it work. Like, yeah. uh, oh, God, what's that movie? Oh, shit. Um, the Big Sick. Oh, oh. Be a co- I, I don't necessarily call that a comedy. Because it's but, not, but it does have its moments. But it is romantic. Absolutely. It's incredibly romantic. Absolutely. Um, Zoe Kazan and Harry Potter made a movie a few years ago. I that was... remember that. And Harry Potter. <laughs> dead, dead Radcliffe. No, uh, don't very... dead name him. He's Daniel Radcliffe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about it. We watch it, but we don't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Daniel. <laughs> Talking about dead naming anything related to J.K. Rowling. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> cunt. Add her to the cunt board. Yeah. <laughs> we need one of those. You cunt. Actually, we do. I'll, I'll bring a whiteboard next yeah. time. Yeah, it's like we'll see how many how many people Amy can call a cunt in one in one go. Somebody told me the other day, I'm like, oh, I, oh me and my wife, well, we hate the word cunt. And I'm like, I am not going to be friends with you. <laughs> we are not going to enjoy our time together at all. <laughs> I. Real quick, just because uh, I, I was thinking about this, you know, MJ and I go back and forth on Tumblr a lot. Hmm. And um, what did we find was there was a whole, what was it, the the movie, or was it a TV show, where I was going to play the, the old guy that oh. mowed the lawn at three in the morning. Oh, this was, that was on Instagram, actually. Oh, it was, I was just looking for it. Yeah, so find it. So um, it was, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> This, okay, so this we was want the, this to happen. This was the specific um, idea. So it was like, I think my neighborhood deserves a sitcom because there's me, the teen blogger, a house with eight nuns, a drug dealer who drives a Hummer, a Scottish man who only ever wears a kilt and mows his lawn at three a.m., uh-huh. an elderly couple who drive everywhere on their lawnmower, a peacock who has been <laughs> roaming the neighborhood for years and no one knows why, no one knows why. or where it came from. Yeah. And it was like, um, well, we've already got elderly couples that ride their lawnmowers everywhere. If we did it around here, it would be so so easy. (laughs) Me and Bree saw a guy with a baby in a diaper just riding from the trailer park to the Casey's. Welcome to Princeton, Iowa, guys. Welcome. And this is an interesting time because there's a tractor lawnmower show up there at the school today. Yeah, I saw saw a lot of white people up there. There's a lot. (laughs) Sorry. We're white. I should say that, but I mean, my God, no. But so, like, and, and, and we're going back and forth, and and again, stuff like this. You were talking about building it, like a building a good movie. You can do a good romantic comedy. You can do a good thing, um, in this day and age without making it weird, cringy, creepy, mm-hmm. and like that idea right there. You just we have to elevate the premise. This is the key. Yeah. You know, you find find ways to work in the margins. You know, instead of you're going to enact the tropes no matter what you do. Right. And this applies to horror. This applies to action. It applies to any genre. Mm-hmm. Romantic comedy just happens to have the most kind of rote set of principles. Like you have, you know, going into most romantic comedies, 
they have to end up together. That's the way it works. They That's fucking the, better. Yeah, yeah. what did so I pay for? When you once you know that that is your destination, you have to figure out ways to make it better than what it might be. Right. Right. Well, we're just. I think we're so. We're so used to. I mean, again, you, when you're when you grow up around tropes like that. I mean, I could make a romantic comedy in my head right now. <laughs> is it going to be good? Probably not, but I can I can make sure that I know it goes all in the right direction of where it needs to go. And you need that one moment where they break up, yeah. but they're going to get back together <laughs> in the final act. And there's going to be a song at the end by Rob Thomas. There's just yeah. going to be. <laughs> Incidentally, I, I forgive you, Rob Thomas, for making crappy music because you, you did like George Michael. I think that's really fucking cool. Anyway, aside from that, you know... Uh, what you can say about Sleepless in Seattle is, is that as much as it's credited for, for being like the, the template for these tropes, it doesn't live in into any of them. Right. The main characters barely know each other. They, they don't see each other. Like they're, As much as there might exist some serious romantic tropes going on, mm-hmm. this is not a typical romantic comedy. No, these aren't two people no. who bicker and then fall in love and then break up and then get back together. No, that's, that's no. Uh, you've got mail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you no, know, it that and that's I think that's why this is it. It is it's a clever movie. Um, with one of the things that Nora Ephron does is she works in the margins. She, yeah, she works on the jokes. Like there's this whole there's this whole very funny thing that has absolutely nothing to do with the main plot. Rob Reiner and Tom Hanks are having a conversation in a diner about Just Tom Hanks about starting to to date again, mm-hmm. and and he's asking Rob Reiner for tips like, "What's it like out there?" And like, "What's the last time you're out there?" 1978. <laughs> oh, Things have yeah. changed. Um, lots of stuff about butts now. Yeah. And then, <laughs> that was my butt. You got a good butt. I, again, that was so great. That was so funny. That was like the funniest part of the movie. That was a great, great moment, too. <laughs> Two men, you know, secure in their own sexuality to be able to check each other's asses out. Why yeah. not? Why yeah. not? Yeah, I, lo- I love that. The only that I was that, but that scene, because then they end up walking and they have lunch. Yeah. Um, they're having clams. I just that grosses me out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, but again, we're in Seattle. Um, they they have a really good you know conversation there. But then when they pull away in the scene, mm-hmm. it's terrible ADR. Oh yeah. Because their mouths weren't matching what they were saying. Yeah. That drove me nuts. Like that was one thing. <laughs> I was like, oh, but okay, nitpicking. We're nitpicking yeah. here. Mm-hmm. But I just I had to point that out because it's been on my brain ever since yeah. I noticed it. So have so. you seen a big plot point in this movie? Is it a fair to remember? Have you seen a fair to, a fair to remember? One of the all-time greatest movies. Yes, I have. Well, again, Mom owned the VHS. How many times did we watch old movies <laughs> with Mom? I probably saw that one 30 times. And she cried just like everybody else yeah. in this movie cried every time they described I, the movie. I was telling the story in, in my review of Sleepless in Seattle, which is up on, on Twitter, at Podcast Sean. You can see it there. Mm-hmm. I was talking about how I learned. I didn't know I was learning about it, but I was learning about parasocial relationships and people's relationships to celebrities via via my mother, because she because I saw her cry the day that Cary Grant died. She yeah. was supposed to go see his one man show, mm-hmm. which was in Davenport that night. Nineteen eighty six. In nineteen eighty six, he yep. died the day before yeah. at a hotel oh. in Davenport, mm-hmm. and she cried. Yeah. And it taught me something about how it is okay to feel things about celebrities in yeah. that way. It's not necessarily, un- it's not entirely unhealthy. It's just like it's a human thing to relate to another human being who's meant something to your life. And I know that people, again, this is another thing that like people don't like talking about when it comes to celebrities, but like ce- celebrities in movies, they're they a big part of your life. If, you, if, you. You've, if you've loved a, a movie mm-hmm. 
that person's art has had has added a, a deep and immense effect on you. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that, and identifying with that person now it becomes unhealthy if you like start pursuing it like in real life as if it was a real relationship. Right. But most people, ninety nine percent of people, can delineate between what's real and what's not real. Thank MJ you, loves supernatural, but. MJ is not going to Jensen Ackles' house and right. acting like they no. know each other. Right. No. <laughs> it's like, and it, uh, it's also though like a lot of people create um, the characters in their head rather than the actor because they see how they act in the character and the and the character a lot of the times the character they the characters they play are different than their personalities. Absolutely. So it creates a whole new person, and when you like, e- like it's even a proven fact that when you lose someone on a TV show, it feels as real to your brain. Like a loss. Because yeah. you have uh, like created a you you learn about someone and when you learn about someone, you can care about them. Mm-hmm. Because that that's how you care about someone is learning about them. And it's There's the, I think that's a normal emotional attachment and I don't think that anybody who wrote books about psychiatry like Freud you know, did before movies and whatnot would understand that, you know, that trying to delineate between those two different realities. I think, so, Doctor Who, Peter Mm -hmm. Capaldi's era, Bill Potts, one of my favorite companions, and only sadly had one season that pissed me off. Um, One of the reasons why that character resonates so much to me and why, to this day, Bill still matters to me, and I think about her all the time, and I love Pearl Mackey anyway, but it, I'm talking about Bill the character. Her mom dies, so she misses her mom. My mom had just died at that point, too. So you, and it helps heal you when you watch somebody else kind of going through the same thing. Oh so my that, God. you know, yeah. Yes, that was exactly, that's like how I felt um, season three of Umbrella Academy, because everyone, it was, it was, finally the season where um elliot page's character got to transition right and it's that it was like it was like it was unrealistic Mm -hmm. because no one messed up but that felt so incredible and like powerful relatable because you understand that and it was and it and it's just like that i'm i'm more bonded to that character now because it's like Wow. Yeah, you got and you got an amazing experience and it heals you a little bit to see someone else have a better experience than you. I I I have to piggyback on you for that because again, that show and because of Victor and all of that and knowing what you're going through, that made me love the show more too. And and I really I mean it gives you an, an appreciation of of actors and well, writers. By the way, writer strike still going so hey your people <laughs> but yeah yeah anyway overall yeah that's i guess you know going back to it, all i'm saying is that when tom hanks eventually does die it's going to be a national day of mourning you're not fucking kidding <laughs> it's yeah you are not fucking kidding. Like, yeah. for real like and it's okay it is okay to feel that way it is okay yeah. to have that because, like, he has meant a lot to so many people yeah. for so long. Mm-hmm. Uh, his experiences on screen via these characters, and I mean, I know his wife's name. I know his children's name. <laughs> we don't want to like, know Chet's name, but that's 
Fuck you, Chet. Anyway, go ahead. I was just trying to explain Chet Hanks to somebody the other day. (laughs) Hey, can I put Chet on the cunt list? Because he is one. Sorry, Tom. There's this this ancient, like, uh, 1930s, like, uh, cartoon in newspapers uh, that was called, I believe was called Goofus and Gallant. Yes. Uh, Whereas, like, Goofus is this fuck up who fucks up everything and is a complete asshole. And then Gallant is this like heroic character, and it's like I, I've, I've like adopted that. Like, it's so like Goofus and Gallant with yeah. Chet Hanks and, and Colin Hanks because his name isn't even Chet. No, is it? What is his name? I don't know what his real name is. Shut up! Uh, but he's like he's a rapper. He, he like he, is. he coined the phrase "Hot Boy Summer." Like. <laughs> Fuck oh, you. Really? <laughs> I like that he's listed as American actor and musician. What the fuck did he act in? I don't know. Tom have him in a movie? Just I he don't felt know. Bad. It's like, Chester. Is, his name is Chester. Oh, it is. Okay. Chester. Yeah. Chester. <laughs> Poor Rita Wilson. I mean, you know, you have a baby with Tom Hanks and this is what comes out. <laughs> and clearly, we know Tom Hanks. This is all your fault, exactly. Rita. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, can I'm we go... Kidding. Yeah, shout out, shout out to Rita Wilson because yeah. again, she's great in this movie, I, and, and, and she gets the she, she gets, gets the, the moment of explaining an affair to remember. Yes, and Tom Hanks and Victor Garber immediately after that, <laughs> doing the dirty dozen and, and do the whole tear thing. Yeah, you know, Rita gets her the character gets so. <laughs> oh, Trini Lopez, I like that. Trini Lopez. <laughs> that was an excellent scene. Yeah, an excellent scene, and then. Again, I, I kind of like again, how it, there again, Nora Ephron coloring in the margins, right. uh, Of a genre movie, like right. that is how you do it. And instead of making Rita a shrew, mm-hmm. okay, like they, they they look back at her and she was like she was she's kind of pissed off at first, but instead she, you know what, you're right. Yeah. I, I I know you guys are teasing me. I'm, I'm it's cool. Yeah, it's cool. But you know, I, I, yeah, it's not misogynist. It's not like you know being dicks for right. being dicks. They've got a friendship dynamic that is realistic and relatable. Exactly. Exactly. There's again, a lived-in part of that that, like, again, that's entirely Nora Ephron and working with her actors yep. is that she lets Victor Garber, Tom Hanks, and Rita Wilson create this dynamic that only exists in a couple scenes, but looks like it's lasted for decades. Thank God, again, Victor Garber keeps popping up in some of these movies, and I fucking love it. And I like, I forgot yes. he was he was in this. I totally forgot that he was in it. And like, every time I see his face, it's just like, yay! It's good to see you, pal. Like, he's he's just that old friend that you've known forever. The character actor, but he's damn good at what he does. That's why you need to get to Legends. Oh, shut up. I'm, I'm on my way. So good. He, he's <laughs> so good in it. Yeah. I love his character. His character is one of my favorites. I, I need to. It. I need to. Did you, ever, did you ever watch Alias? Yeah, you should watch Alias. I think you would like that. Um. Anyway, sorry. We are so off topic today. <laughs> yes. Chet Hanks is a cunt, and we love Sleepless in Seattle. How about that? Hey, wow succinct that's what i do i could just apply that to my own life yeah yeah so mj do you have the cunt list in front of you yes i actually do what is, is, who's on the list we uh, got jk rowling yeah. ellen yeah. and chet hanks yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel one. like we forgot one i feel like we forgot one anyway doesn't matter i'll think about it later <laughs> yeah. another bullet point. Well, i'm glad that you did that yeah okay, thank you for bullet points yeah we, we do need to dry erase. <laughs> yes. Next next week. Next, next week. week. Yeah. Uh, Amy, Amy will update it on the, the Facebook page outside on the pool. <laughs> Just hammer it like Martin Luther <laughs> to the tree. <laughs> I've always wanted to make that reference. And here we did it today. Definitely needs to be like. Awesome. Of our 
Patreon or something like that. Just like just put it out there and just up. just to take a picture of it. Yes. Then... Oh my god. Stop <laughs> it with the drops. Will you? Never. Hey, hey. <laughs> the booze pillow, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> I, I want, I want, um. I, I don't know the, which any of the buttons do. I just, they're just all there. I want, I want the cheering one after I say JK Rowling's a cunt. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and down, everybody. Anyway. Uh, yeah. in front of a live studio audience. <laughs> it's been my entire life. Sit, Ubu, sit. Good, Good dog. dog. Woof. Sorry. Oh, God. Sorry. Woof. Our brains don't work. I, it's, <laughs> we, <laughs> I'm sorry, too. Yeah, yeah. honestly, like, we've just veered off. So far off, of course. But, it, I mean, we did talk about the movie. Yeah. Technically, we did. We just recommended squirrel it. brain. Yeah, squirrel brain. That's Shiny the, object. That's kind well, of the show, honestly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it really is. <laughs> We, we, I hate thinking things out. Serious discourse about cancel culture, and then <laughs> <laughs> sit, ubu, sit. Yeah, referencing to referencing a production company from the nineteen eighties. <laughs> There's more. I can think of more. <laughs> oh, stop it! What other guy who's typing and then he rips off the page and just starts crying? Aww. Little kitten that roars. Oh, <laughs> it's so cute! It is shiny object, shiny object. <laughs> yeah, because when you when you said kitten, I thought about the the kitten version of Jurassic Park. <laughs> Still, the only version I want to watch with Jeff Goldblum, though. Like, I want him in it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. Kids are just hiding from it. Yeah. <laughs> Giant cat. <laughs> In the it's kitchen. Alice Frankler's got a... I keep referencing her. Uh, she's got a video called Jurassic Park, which is apparently pickles as as, as Oh, that's hilarious. Park. <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh, I love that. Wait, pickles are the dinosaurs or pickles are the I think pickles people? are the dinosaurs. Hang think. on. I feel like pickles should be the people. <laughs> like VeggieTales? Like a VeggieTales <laughs> version of Jurassic Park? Jurassic <laughs> <laughs> Park? Come on. Velasic Park. Velasic Park. I think that's what it's called. I don't. I. I only saw her video like three. It's been a few years since I watched that one. Oh, I found it. <laughs> oh, maybe I did it. <laughs> Never mind. All right. The dog has stated that the day is over. So thank you, everybody, for being here. Yep. Amy, tell people the how they get the video list. podcast. Oh, uh, send it a self-addressed stamped envelope to six nine six nine 69th Street, Pueblo, Colorado. Six nine six nine six nine six nine. 